Slavin. We apologize for not getting an episode up earlier in the week. We had some technical technical difficulties with our recording of the episode on Sunday night, recapping the game against McNeese State, but we still wanted to at least talk about it a little bit. And then we have an interview with Kelly Hines of the Tulsa World once again to help preview the game against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane on Saturday, and then we'll offer our predictions at the end. So this might be a little bit of a longer episode, uh, even though we're doing we normally are doing two episodes this week. It'll be just one. Uh, but Philip, how are you doing? JP, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm ready for some football. Yeah, like call it. I'm, I'm ready. It's man. I'm trying not to be like overly anxious for the weekend to get here because you know it flies by so quick. But it's so hard on because we're doing this on a Tuesday night, and I'm like, can I have football? I'm more annoyed that we can't have college football on Thursday nights because of the NFL and their crappy Thursday night game, and no one will just grow up here. And we can't we, for two weeks in a row. We're not going to get college football on Thursday. Yeah, and we don't get midweek maction until like mid October. Soon enough, the Tuesday night maction will be back, and I am don't ready knock to watch it, some. Man. Give me some Miami Ohio Toledo that's like seventy to seventy seven. Like I need something uh, like that soon. Yes. Yes. I'll never forget the first time my dad and I discovered Tuesday night maction when I was in high school and we watched the game. I think it was Toledo, Northern Iowa and Toledo won 63 57. And my mom thought we were watching basketball. That's, that's what I want to watch. I want some of that, that put that stick that right in my veins, plug it in. Let's go. Like we said, we're going to briefly talk about the McNeese State, Oklahoma State game that occurred on Saturday. Uh, like there was not a lot that we could take away from the game against McNeese State because Oklahoma State won 56 to 14. They ran rough shot over an FCS team, which we all expected. Uh, but Philip, I mean, there there are still things that we can talk about, and there are things we can look forward to uh, going into this week. But what was one of your biggest takeaways from Oklahoma State's win on Saturday? I'm glad we finally got to see Drew Brown, and I'm. I'm glad I came away from the game. And, and yes, it's an FCS team. Yes, it was the third quarter. Yeah, but remember, he was with the second and third team offensive players, and the offense didn't skip a beat, didn't miss a beat. It looked the same, and he executed it very, very well. Had a a big boy throw to Brian Johnson for that touchdown in the third quarter. I I feel comfortable with Drew Brown because – I know we're not supposed to speak this into existence, but Spencer Sanders likes to run. They had, frankly, too many design runs for him in this game, but whatever, that's say la vie. Spencer Sanders doesn't like to slide. I was listening to the uh, Cowboy Chronicles podcast, and Jenny Carlson was talking about, she had talked to him at one point, and she said, how, you know, how often do you slide? And Spencer basically said he, he remembers sliding once his entire football career. It's one time. He had, a, he had a banged up shoulder, so he thought he should he should slide. That's it. He's not a guy who's going to slide. He's going to lean in. He's going to go out of bounds. He's going to get hit. That's good. That's great. More power to you. You got a pair. But when you have a quarterback like that, there's there's going to come a game where Drew Brown's going to have to come in and play some serious minutes, and I don't mean in mop-up time. And I'm glad that I feel at least remotely comfortable that when Drew Brown comes in, the offense isn't just going to sputter. I don't think we've had a backup quarterback since Brandon Whedon, who I feel as comfortable about. Well, that's not even true because we had the whole J.W. Walsh, Clint Shelf period. But I don't know that I've felt this comfortable with a backup in a while. And I feel like if he is called upon to come in and and play significant minutes in a game that matters, at a time that matters, we're we're not going to be like, oh, crap, we hope the defense can step up and just shut them out the rest of the way. Like, I feel good. Again, 
FCS team, I get it. But watching him, watching the throws he made, watching him run, he's not as fast as Spencer, but he's he can move. He's got some legs. I feel I feel pretty good. No, I know. I, I agree with you. I was excited when I got to see him hit the field. I know it was a long time coming for him, and I'm sure he was excited as well. And it was like, and I agree with you. I really didn't see a huge drop off in what I saw offensively. Obviously, he was out there with the twos and threes, so things were a little bit kind of choppy and a little awkward at times. But you could see that he commanded the huddle well. He commanded the offense well. He made some big time throws. That throw to Braden Johnson showed me that Gundy wasn't just blowing smoke when he said this is a legitimate battle. Because you can see the types of throws and the you know how dynamic Drew Brown can be. He's obviously not the athlete Spencer Sanders is because we see the reasons why Spencer Sanders is a starting quarterback. The way the offense runs, how dynamic Spencer Sanders is in the run game. There's a difference between the dy- how dynamic Spencer Sanders is and how effective Drew Brown is. Like there's a difference. Drew Brown can run can run the ball and run it effectively, but it's more like a Taylor Cornelius type effective rather than being able to run consistent design run plays like you can with Spencer Sanders. So you see the clear difference, but I don't think if we have to see Drew Brown in some big minutes in a big game, I don't think the offense is going to drop off significantly because you saw the talent level he had playing with backups who he wasn't comfortable playing with when he, you know, if he has chemistry with a Tylen Wallace and a Jordan McRae and he can get Chuba involved, then I think we're not going to see a dip in the offense at all, especially with how well the offensive line has played this season. I don't think that we're going to see any significant difference. I think that we're in for, no matter who ends up playing quarterback, a really, really good offense. Yeah, I agree. So JP, what's your uh, what's your takeaway from the game? So my biggest takeaway defensively, I think they stepped up and they were a lot better. They got a little bit better pass rush on. I think like you, you and I are, you know, you're, you're the conductor on the Trace Ford train, but I'm on there as well. I uh, saw him make his first few tackles. You see how fast he is on that defensive line. I think we're going to see him even more. I really like Malcolm Rodriguez at linebacker. It wouldn't surprise me as even if Calvin Bundage and Devin Harper come back, I think maybe we see Malcolm Rodriguez stay at linebacker. He's got a nose through the ball. He's consistent making tackles. He loves getting in the trenches and making plays. And with how well I think Trey Sterling and Colby Harbell Peel and Jarek Bernard played the other night, I think you have a solid group of guys on the back end. You don't necessarily need Malcolm Rodriguez to go back as a, you know, just out of desperation back to safety. I think we could see something like that. But my biggest takeaway is the penalties and the lack thereof. I went back and looked because I was curious how the first two games went last season penalty-wise because Gundy said it was the most undisciplined team that he's ever had, and that was true. And, it, it you know, they had the most penalty yards. Accurate. Accurate, accurate, exactly. Uh, but I was curious compared the first two games of this season to last season in penalty yards and see what we had. So the first two games of this season, Oklahoma State had six penalties for 55 yards against uh, against Oregon State. And then, yes, and then on Sunday or Saturday – we had five penalties for 29 yards. That's a great game. That's a very clean game against an FCS team. That's what you want to see. Against Missouri State, first game last year, had seven for 55. Okay, that's not bad. It's about what we saw against Oregon State. The South Alabama game, Oklahoma State won that game 55-13. But they had nine penalties for 112 yards. That's sloppy. We're not seeing that this year with this team on the offensive and the defensive side. They look, they're playing a lot cleaner. They're playing a lot more disciplined there. So it seems like whatever switch flipped in spring ball and in fall camp seems to be working. And if they can limit the penalty yards like they have in the first two games, continue, you know, as the season progresses, 
I think we see Oklahoma State in some of these games where it's a dogfight because they're not giving up cheap yards. They're not play, you know, playing undisciplined. They're not playing in a way that's going to cost you a game. Yeah, last season, you're getting a lot of pass interference and personal foul penalties that were given up, not just 15 yards, but automatic first downs. And it was not just setting OSU back, but it was keeping the defense on the field because the off the the, the, the opposing offense got new life and was was then keep going. And you're seeing five yard penalties and ten yard penalties. Like obviously you want no penalties, but those they happen in games. Look, Army's like the most disciplined team in the country, and they had penalties against Michigan. Like they happen. It's just life. But they said there was a focus. You know, we talked to. AJ Green at Big 12 Media Days, and he said it was a huge focus for the team in this offseason, something that was really important to them. And we, so far through two games, we've seen that. Uh, I'll be curious to see that as the competition continues to increase when you're playing better wide receivers and you're playing better teams. If they're able to continue to keep those down, that's when it matters the most. But through two games, I agree. It's been, it's been a, it, it's it's one of those things that we don't care about penalties until they're a problem. Like so many other things, offensive lines, everything else, we don't care about you unless you're a problem. Just don't be a problem and we'll be happy. So far, we've been happy. Right. Do you have anything else you want to take away from this game? Okay. I know we kind of differ on this, and this will be the last thing we talk about with the State, but it's always fun to talk about the uniforms. What did you think about the black, gray, gray? I think they're so underrated, and they look real good, and I'm almost sad they got wasted on McNeese State. See – I liked them the second time I saw them. Last year, I did. I wasn't a huge fan of them when I saw them against Texas Tech. And then we saw how the game went against Texas Tech. And obviously, they left a bad taste in my mouth that I never wanted to see them again. I think I mentioned on the podcast last season, I wanted you know them to just have a nice little bonfire for them. And we never see them again. Uh, but I, I think it's a look that, again, you pull out once a year just you know as just a little bit of a thing. I know people are butthurt about it because gray's not an Oklahoma State color. It's actually a secondary, which is interesting enough. And if you actually know the university, it is. Yep. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of them. I did like the black, the matte black helmet with the brand. You got to. I'm, I'm fine with seeing the brand almost every game this season. I don't mind. I want to see the badge at least once. And for the most part, having the brand now that it's a cohesive thing with the university, I, I really liked it. Uh, but I would almost prefer to see a black, gray, black than a black, gray, gray. That's just my personal preference. I, I don't mind busting out the gray pants once or twice a season. I, I They're not going to do it more than that, and I'm fine with that. I don't need it in every game, but I like the look once a year. And, like, I agree. I want a badge. I want a New England-style a Patriot Pete. But I like the black, gray, gray once a year. I think it looks good. I think it's – if it's not a look that everybody likes, then save it for a McNeese State. And also the whole like uniform bad juju stuff because we lost in them. Get that, get that out of here. Like just that's just the superstitious in you baseball nut. That that's 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 essentially what it is. I mean that's why I mean think about we didn't see tricolor for how long after the Iowa State game, and then they did it. Yeah, and then they did it. So and that's the point that it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter. The thing is, I know it doesn't matter, but it still matters. All right. Well, before we go further into the weeds in this one, I think that sums up a you know a thrashing of McNeese State pretty well. Uh, but now we have an interview with Kelly Hines. Uh, Philip actually was the only one that was able to do this. I unfortunately was not able to be here for it, but we thank her once again uh, for coming on the podcast. She was on a little over a month ago. If you haven't heard that interview, it was before the season started. She talked about Tulsa. She covers. Tulsa, Oklahoma State, and OU on the football beat for the Tulsa World. So she's very busy. We appreciate her once again now in the thick of the season coming on to talk to us about the Tulsa Golden Hurricane.
Obviously, Oklahoma State on back on the road this weekend to face Tulsa. Uh, very happy and very excited to have our good friend Kelly Hines, the uh, cat-friendly do-it-all girl for the Tulsa world, back <laughs> on the show. Uh, I, Kelly, I know it's only been about a month since you were on here last, but uh, you know I just appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us. Oh, no problem. Anytime. So obviously, OSU is is in Tulsa for the first time since 2011, and I don't, I don't think there's any need to like go back and and rehash that game at this point. If, if you don't remember, just go look it up. It was a doozy, and I don't feel like recounting my story from that night because I don't remember a lot of it. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about Tulsa. We had John about a month ago, and, and we, we there were a lot of questions about the Golden Hurricanes at that point. Now we finally have the biggest ones. We know who the starting quarterback is, and, and that is former Baylor uh, player Zach Smith. And, and I want to start with him. Uh, he's been... Um, I would say he's had an up and down start to the season. He he was the source of what seemed like a lot of the problems at Michigan State, uh, and he seemed to rebound pretty well at San Jose State last week. So just tell me a little bit about about his game and and his strengths and weaknesses thus far. Yeah, I mean, going back to that Michigan State game, I feel like you know the offensive line was was a big problem in the first half, and then you know in the second half. Uh, when Tulsa absolutely could not run the ball, uh, you know, I think everybody knew that, you know, they were going to have to throw and, and that resulted in some bad things for, for Zach. But, um, you know, I feel like he has a lot of potential, you know, the best game of his career. He led up OU, you know, a few years ago and say what you will about OU's defense. But, you know, a lot of Tulsa quarterbacks, you know, haven't been able to have that kind of success. So, um, you know, I think that he, uh, he brings a lot of good things to the table. He's definitely more of a, you know, pure passer. He does, you know, take off and run on occasion, but he's more likely to drop back and pass. And, you know, I feel like uh, when he has time, um, he can deliver uh, really good throws. Um, he's accurate. He, um, you know, seems to have a good uh, chemistry going with um, different receivers. Um, and that's something that, you know, really wasn't there in the last couple of years. So, um, you know, I think that he gives them a chance to move the ball downfield. You know, I don't think that there are going to be a lot of, uh, you know, fireworks like what, what Dane Evans did, you know, his, his last two years. But um, I do think that um, Zach has, uh, has some of that it factor that, you know, this team needs to, to have some success on offense. I, I do think that it, things are still a work in process, especially, you know, on the offensive line. Um, but I, I feel like there are, there are some good pieces there. Uh, one of the comments I've heard about him thus far is he, he has a tendency to hang on to the ball a little too long. Is that something you've seen so far? You know, I think that it's just it's hard to gauge m- much at this point because, you know, San Jose State is not a great team. And Michigan State, I think, you know, it's a pretty good team, especially on defense. Our defense is probably the best that I've seen in person you know, I don't know, maybe ever it's, it's been, I can't think of one that really um, compares to that level. Um, So, you know, he was trying to make things happen in that game and that's when quarterbacks, you know, really get in trouble. So um, I don't know that I've seen enough to really say um, one way or another. I think that this 
game this week, you know, I think it's it's going to be a better gauge of, of maybe where he's at. Um, not that this defense is, you know, average or anything, but, you know, being back at home and this being his third start, I, I think now we're going to probably see, you know, get a better feel of what to expect, um, you know, in, in like a week-to-week setting. You know, I think your first uh, start, you know, to go on the road um, at, at a place like Michigan State, I just don't know how much we can read into that. Yeah, no shot at Oklahoma State to say that the defense is better than San Jose State, but probably not as good as Michigan State's probably defense. Probably not as good as Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State's defense is real good. It's I mean, a, they led the, the nation good. last season and against the run. So, I mean, and they obviously uh, had some success there against Tulsa. A little bit. I think there was negative yardage, bit. if I was – I, I was negative 73. But, you know, the the – negative uh sack yardage you know a couple bad snaps uh, i think you know that that plays a role it wasn't like they were just like you know getting uh you know tfls on every every rush and most of them but not all of them so let's talk defense for a minute because you know that final score that michigan state game was 28 to 7 but it's a little bit misleading the defense really only gave up about 10 points everything else was scored on safeties or field goals off of turnovers from the offense and and the defense did a really good job of when the offense turned the ball over bowing up and and holding Michigan State to field goals keeping them out of the end zone and then obviously last week uh, at San Jose State uh, yeah they gave up 16 points six of those came at the end of the game in the fourth quarter when the game was already put away really only gave up 10 points in, in meaningful game time what is it about this defense? It seems like it's this, it's really the strength of the team. It has been for a couple of years. Where do the strengths lie on this defensive unit? I think linebacker is probably the best uh, position, the strongest position group on the team. Um, you know, guy like Cooper Edmiston, who is, um, you know, super experienced. Um, you know, he's played, he played as a true freshman and now being um, a senior, he's been through it. Um, you know, I think it starts with him in the middle. Um at middle linebacker and you know they they changed their defense last season um you know going to the three three five and that really is better suited um the personnel the type of players Tulsa's able to get you know they they'll bring in guys like Zaven Collins who you know when he was in high school he didn't get much recruiting in part because he was from Hominy in part because he played high school quarterback and, and teams just weren't really sure what to do with him, including Tulsa. They bring him in. He develops into, you know, this big time linebacker, but he could play a lot of different positions, but more so in the secondary, I think they're able to take guys who played quarterback um, or maybe were classified as an athlete, you know, coming out of high school and really develop them. You know, they have way more speed on the back end than they've had, um, you know, in previous years when those like explosions happening left and right, you know, I think that they, they just have some key pieces that they've been able to kind of cobble together in this um, defensive scheme. Um, You know, I I just think that they've been solid across the board, you know, they don't, you know, have just like these amazing talented players, you know, they, they are able to get guys and and kind of develop them, Um, you know, especially like a guy like Travis Gibson, who's, you know, the, uh, rush and you know he's he's put on like 60 pounds since he got to campus um he's a guy who you know is able to do some good things he had some success against michigan state you know he's he's uh trying to set the um single season sack record which requires about you know a sack per game and that's where he's at right now um and i i just think that they have these pieces that they're able to you know kind of get them to 
uh, work together pretty well. Whereas in the past, you know, that was a big problem. Everybody trying to do each other's jobs and uh, that was a disaster. So, um, you know, I've been really impressed with what um, Joseph Gillespie has done, you know, to, to not only revamp a defense that wasn't very good, but bring in players that like really suit what they're trying to do. So obviously Oklahoma State's offense seems to be clicking pretty well. You get Chuba Hubbard, the star running back, Spencer Sanders, who's got a great arm and it and can move, and, and Tylen Wallace, who looks like even better than last year, and I and I, <laughs> I like ridiculously good. If your Tulsa's defense, like where how do you think you go at attacking Oklahoma State's offense? Where do you think they try and, and put their focus? You know, I think that like the key is really just trying to limit the explosive plays. You know, I, I think that that's that's the only. I don't think you can really like completely contain an offense like Oklahoma State's. I, I think you're just trying to prevent like the worst damage. So, you know, being in the prevent defense, you know, I think that that's probably a lot of of what um, you know we're going to see because that's that's like probably you know where they're going to be able to um have some success i mean they're tulsa's corners are you know tall and athletic but they're they're gonna have problems you know that's that's gonna be a difficult matchup for them just like it is with anybody just about any any defense is gonna have uh trouble with with a guy like wallace um so i i think that you're just trying to prevent the big plays um you know just do what you can to minimize the damage and you know tulsa's played really well like um, in the red zone, um, on you know fourth down conversions, they've they've done really well. Aside from the fourth and twenty, um, when San Jose State scored a touchdown late in the game the other night, but they've they've done well at getting off the field and in crucial moments. So um, you know they have a lot of confidence from that. So um, you know I think uh, when you just try to um, play sound defense and you know limit the big plays, like good things can happen. I'm just curious about Tulsa this year. You know, the last last two seasons have been really disappointing. They're combined five and nineteen. And while I, I I know that Montgomery is not necessarily on a hot seat right now, despite that, this is definitely a year that the fan base and, and the school would probably like to see something of a bounce back. You've you've got what feels yeah. like you finally got the answer at quarterback potentially. Um, the defense is is playing really well so far, and that includes against Michigan State. They're they're one and one so far, and looking at the non-conference schedule, that also includes obviously this OSU game and then a home game against Wyoming. You realistically look at a two and two start. Do you see Tulsa uh, after two games and, and knowing what you know about them, finally getting back to getting to a bowl game this year, or do you think that there's going to be some real struggles and things about this team that are going to maybe get them later on in the season? You know, I I think it's totally possible. You know, I I think you definitely you need two non-conference wins like you just talked about that's why that san jose state game was so important you know wyoming is no slouch you know they they beat missouri um so you know that's going to be a huge game um you know i i think that there are a lot of pieces there um to kind of set the stage for like a season like what philip had in his first year you know in 2015 um where things are starting to come together you know they weren't good on defense but you know, with Dane Evans and, and some really good receivers, they they got things going on offense, like, in a major way. And I feel like it's kind of the opposite. Like, the defense is going to be pretty good this year, probably one of the best in the American. And, uh, you know, when you're able to get takeaways, which Tulsa hasn't done a lot of this season, but if they're able to do that, then you have a chance in games. Um, 
So I, I think the offense is, is not quite there yet, but you expect your offense to improve as the season goes on. So if, if that can be the case, um, when you're going up against teams that are maybe more, you know, a, there's not a talent gap like, like, you know, there is when you're playing at Michigan State and when you're playing a team like Oklahoma State. You know, I think that they have a chance when their defense is as good as, as, as it is if their offense just, you know, they don't have to be amazing on offense to win games. They just need to be effective. And I, I think that they have a chance to do that. What is the, uh, what's the one key to this game you think for Tulsa to try and pull an upset? <clears throat> Man, that's that's tough because, uh, you know, I, I think that there there are challenges across the board. You know, I, I think, you know, limiting the explosive plays, like I mentioned, but, you know, I think for Tulsa to, to be able to have success on offense, they've got to be balanced. They've got to get their run game going. And, uh, you know, that's that's not always easy. I don't know that Corey Taylor's going to be able to go um, after getting hurt. Um, last week and Shamari Brooks is a beast but how 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 what is his limit you know in terms of, of carries um you know and I, I'm sure he remembers that his uh first career carry was a fumble um you know his first game freshman year at Oklahoma State so I'm sure he's motivated by that um but you know I, I think that the run game is, is going to be important just to see you know that de- determines so much when you're one-dimensional like they were at Michigan State, you just can't do anything on offense. So I think um, that's going to be pretty key. Um, they've made some changes on the offensive line since that first half um, at Michigan State. Changed the starting center, changed the starting right guard. So you have to think that which e- with each week, those guys are going to get better. I mean, they're starting a senior and uh, three sophomores and a redshirt freshman on the offensive line. So they've got some young guys who are, have, don't have the experience, and you have to think that they're going to, you know, quickly uh, have to, um, you know, learn and, and be able to be productive or they're going to be replaced. So, you know, I think um, that that's going to be pretty key, um, and, you know, for the run game to get going, for the offensive line to grow up real fast. Yeah, this will be an interesting game. Um, obviously, OSU back on the road for the second time. Tulsa at home for the first time. Though I'm not sure this crowd's going to be super uh, Tulsa dominant. Not to the degree that Nebraska at Colorado was uh, last right. weekend. But I, I would be, uh, you know, 50-50 wouldn't shock me, Blue. blue oh, yeah, orange. that wouldn't shock me. And I, I think that, you know, that wouldn't shock anybody involved. You know, it's it's hard for Tulsa to get uh, fans to come to their games. You know, it's the smallest FBS school. I'm not going to make excuses for them. It just, you know, it's just once people stop coming to games, it's hard to get them to come back. And I feel like that's that's where Tulsa fans are at this point. Especially all those uh, Tulsa OU fans who would much rather go and watch the Sooners play than watch <laughs> Tulsa on a Saturday. Look, I, I, mean, don't, I don't mean that bad. Like, there's some re- – I have some friends who are some very, like, solid, devoted Tulsa fans. And there are some in that fan base. I don't want to – I don't want to – Oh no, there are for sure. Hard, it's just you know when when you're the smallest FBS school, that means you have a small alumni base, and so you know it's hard uh, when it's not your school. It's it's hard for them to get people just in the community to go out to a game because honestly, like if I uh, weren't you know covering a game every Saturday, I'd be pretty tempted to sit on the couch and watch a lot of games instead of going to one. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun for those in Tulsa. I, I assume you're getting to go to, to this one, Kelly, since you I cover will be there. 
you get to cover Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State this season. I figure when two of them are facing, you're... Uh, two of them, yeah. The odds are pretty good that I'll be there. Very good. Well, Kelly, I just want to say thank you again. I know you are a, a very busy girl, either covering sports or, or taking care of your cats or, or caging them, <laughs> if I saw on, on Instagram, just, just capturing I, cats. I trap feral cats and get them fixed and return them to their homes. So that's what I do in my spare time. Uh, so... Um, yeah, that's what I did last night. Right, go give Kelly a follow on Instagram. You can follow all of her uh, her feline adventures, which are pretty fun. <laughs> Kelly, as always, thank you very much. For those who want to uh, follow you and, and check out the work you do covering Tulsa and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma uh, for the Tulsa world, <laughs> where can they do so? Um, you can find me on Twitter, Kelly Heinz TW. Find me on TulsaWorld.com. Find me on Instagram, Kelly Elaine. Uh, just Google me. <laughs> All right, Kelly, thanks a lot, and uh, enjoy the football this Saturday. All right, thanks. Thank you once again to Kelly Hines for coming on. Like I said, we've had her on pretty – had her on about a month ago, have her on back again after Tulsa has a few games under their belt. And uh, it's this is going to be an interesting game uh, about an hour away from Stillwater. I will have Kelly on anytime we can. She is always fantastic, and I always appreciate her. Uh, giving us time from her very busy schedule, whether she's covering uh, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma State, or uh, taking care of her foster cats, I just appreciate any time she wants to donate uh, to hang out with us and talk sports. Absolutely. So, Philip, after hearing the interview with Kelly, what are some things that you want to see from Oklahoma State in this game? I'll say this. Tulsa is the best defense Oklahoma State's faced so far. And I, and I, and I know that's like, well, duh. But I, I do mean that legitimately. Tulsa has a, has a decent defense. They do. It, it was a, it's been a strength for the program. Um, I think it still is. This is – and I'm kind of glad that it's coming now before they go to, to Texas in two weeks and play them. Because that's going to be the best defense they faced by a long shot. So having a a more stout defensive test this week beforehand, obviously you you, you don't want to get too beat up. But I do think that's a, a great opportunity for them to have to face a, a little bit more of a competition before they go and face you know Texas, who <clears throat> forget the LSU loss. Texas is really good. If you came away from that LSU Texas game and don't think Texas is good because Texas lost, I don't I don't know what game you were watching. You're an idiot. But as far as Tulsa goes, I mean, two games, they 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 held Michigan State to 28 points. I don't, you know, Michigan State offense is not great. Um, their offenses, they they put up some points on San Jose State, who's not very good. Look, OSU should win this game easily, but I, I do think it's a nice, it's another nice road challenge. I, I love playing in Tulsa. You know, they haven't done it since uh, since 2011. That infamous game. Oh man! Uh, did you listen to Mike Gundy talk about that on his uh, his press conference on Monday? They got he asked her about five or six questions about it. It was really interesting to hear from uh, from his perspective about that game. Yeah, I did, and I it's <laughs> talking about I can't spell, I can't write a book. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I ever told the story about 2011 game. Um, I, I, I wanted to go real bad. Interview. Yeah, I wanted to go real bad to that game, but I was so hammered. Um, I drank all day. I went to the Fleet Foxes concert at Canes, came out, was pissed. It was raining, um, and I fell asleep 
partway through the game because you know at a certain point you're just drunk and you're gonna fall asleep and it's what happens. Um, so yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward to this. I wish I could be there. If if I didn't, the logistics of uh, of not having your wife and trying to transport a seven and a half month old, um, the five and a half hour drive from from the middle of Arkansas to Owasso, Oklahoma, is not easy. So to save myself the grief, my mother's just going to come here and watch the girl, and uh, I'm just going to watch the game unbothered. It's going to be great. Not a bad deal. I'm hoping I can get there. It's still to be determined, but if I can get there, I absolutely will. Uh, Either way, uh, I will be watching this game, if not from the comfort of my couch, with some Iron Monk beer in hand, and I'll be good to hook. But the thing that I'm, I'm most interested to see is we, I want to see the offense have a faster start in this game. I don't want to give Tulsa any confidence whatsoever. We, you can have a slow, you could afford to have a slow start against a big team like McNeese State because you know you're going to beat them by 35 like we did or 42, whatever it ended up being. Yeah, but you can't do that against a decent defense on the road. It's just not going to happen. Spencer Sanders has had, you know, he had some slower starts. Thankfully, the they kind of eased him in against Oregon State, and Oregon State's run defense was so bad you could just run the ball. And this one, they wanted him to throw. It, most of his throws were pretty high. It he didn't really lock in until about that third possession. He can't do that this week. We can't we can't afford a slow start. And I'm curious how the offense evolves this week. We saw a very, very basic game plan against McNeese State. And once again, you can do that against an FCS team. But I want to see how they play off of what they did against McNeese State, against Oregon State. Because I think we saw some things against McNeese State that Sean Gleason's so smart that he's going to be able to play off of what we saw and do something different. I'm really interested to see how that goes from an offensive perspective. And then defensively, to me, it's just stay disciplined. I think we've seen Oklahoma State's defense at times be very, very solid. And against a team that has struggled at times offensively this season, I think that what we saw from the defense should be just, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I'm I'm okay if they keep this game fairly vanilla again. I don't need you to do a lot of fancy stuff on oh, yeah, offense. No, you I, shouldn't have to. Um, I'm fine if you keep the defense simple. Look, I don't need you to go out. I know people are going to be upset if they don't go win big. If you win this by two touchdowns, I'm okay. Like, I really am. I, I, I know that sounds silly, but if you, if you keep it vanilla, get the win and move on, I'm happy. I don't care about national perception right now. I care about Oklahoma State is not good in Big 12 openers and hasn't been for a while. They're like two and seven in the last nine or something. I have to go back and look at the stat again. Um, I think they've shown a lot in non-conference games. I think that's what hurt them last year. They they unveiled so much to beat Boise State that they kind of emptied the bag. Keep it vanilla. Just get the win. Be done with it. Don't don't worry because at the end of the season, if you're sitting there, at, you know, midway through the season, you're sitting at six and zero. No one cares how how close Tulsa had a game to you as long as you win. So go go to Tulsa, win. Save everything back and and just throw that way you can throw the bag at Texas and them not know anything you're going to do because obviously Texas has a lot on tape from that LSU game. OSU hasn't had to put a lot on tape so far, so right. just go win. I mean that's my thing. I want to see I want to see a well executed offense, a well executed defense. I'm fine if it's vanilla. You want to throw a few chocolate chips, a couple walnuts into that ice cream mix. That's cool, but let's just keep it vanilla. Get the W and move on. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like I, I didn't want it to seem like I want Oklahoma State to throw out the bag and try something new, but I'm interested to see how they evolve from what they did against McNeese State and if they try and throw any little sort of wrinkles into what we saw. But I also yeah. don't want to see them you know, show a, too much that Texas is able to do it. I'd much rather see them just come out with, you know, 
some stuff that we haven't seen on film anywhere. And that's what I'm more interested to see, you know, the week after this. But I'm interested to see what Oklahoma State does to improve on offense and to kind of evolve what we're seeing in the game plan from what we saw week one to week two, now to week three. And I think Sean Gleason's a smart enough guy that he knows, you know, what not to do. And I think he is a really smart guy and a really smart, you know, tactician. So I'm I'm curious what we see from the offense. And I and I think I was listening to Tape Doesn't Lie uh, this afternoon, and they were saying that if there was any game for Spencer Sanders to be able to work on throwing the ball over the middle and work on some of those short, to, you know, those intermediate to longer throws, it was that game against McNeese, and we didn't see that at all. We pretty much just saw screen passes, and then they were big chunk plays. I wonder how the passing, uh, more specifically in the you know the offensive game plan, how the passing game evolves beyond just a deep shot and a screen. What do we see this week? I'm really curious. I do think, kind of like McNeese, it's another opportunity to to set some things up here um, that you can go back to to kind of mess with Texas's expectations in that game. Uh, again. Mostly vanilla. I'm fine with that. But if you want to show a few new things that are seem like they're showing your hand, but it's really just setting you up so you can completely screw with them next week, like please, please go right ahead. Please do so. Like I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, also, just unleash Chuba. Like don't yes. stop, stop holding back. I don't care that he fumbled a ball. Shut up. Unleash Chuba. Let him get his point. Get him get, get his yards. Get his TDs. I want him to go. I want a 1500 yard season. Just make it happen. It's not that hard. Just let him run. I think I think that and I understand Mike Gundy's point to a certain extent. If you put the ball on the ground, you're not going to run. I think it just goes back to the discipline thing of we're playing McNeese State. There's no reason to fumble right now. You know what I mean? So I get it, but I also I'm with you. I want to see Chuba run because we're not going to see him in orange and black much longer. So do you have an, a score prediction in mind at the, at this point of the week? So like I said, this is the best defense they've faced so far. So I'm not sure they go for 56 points again. Mm. Let's go. OSU is currently a 14-point favorite, according to Vegas. Um, Tulsa managed 34 on the road at San Jose State, 7 against Michigan State. So let's go with uh, 48 to 31. Okay, I was kind of thinking something right, kind of along those lines. A little bit lower scoring, though. I don't know why, but my my initial, I was thinking something like maybe thirty seven or forty to about twenty four to twenty seven, like something something in that line. Like I'll, I'll go, okay, so I'll go, I'll go thirty seven to twenty four. Okay, all right. I just like Tulsa's defense is better. I think they come out wanting to score. Um, I think Spencer plays the whole game. Well, he may not have played like the fourth quarter, but I think he plays most of the game. Um, I think Tulsa's put some points on the board. I think they have a, a, a decent run game, and I'm still not entirely sold on Oklahoma State's uh, run defense just, just yet. I want to see them get some work on on that because they really need to. Um, but I think Tulsa's going to score. I think they're going to score. They'll score a little bit in the first half. They'll score some in the second half because Gundy's not someone to just like – you're going to get the other guys in there. You're going to give up some points in the fourth quarter. It's okay. So, and I, and I think they, I just, you know, I, I don't, again, if it's 17 points win, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't care. It's just win and um, get everybody healthy and, and be ready for Texas in two weeks. I don't, don't say look for past Tulsa, but just, just get the W and move on. 
Yeah, I, I think that it, to me, my my offensive score for Oklahoma State has a lot to do with how they start the game. If they start flat, like we saw against McNeese State, I will have a little bit of level of concern, but nothing crazy. I still think Oklahoma State's going to find a way to win this game in any any way, shape, or form. But I'm I'm curious where all goes. But I think 37 to 40 would be reasonable reasonable for Oklahoma State to score. I mean, that's kind of the expectation with a Big 12 offense and Oklahoma State offense. But I, th- I think they end up somewhere in that range. Now, for the fun part. We were, we're 0 for 2. Well, hold on. I, I have one other thing I want to say. I, I, have a, I have a prediction. All right. What you got? We haven't seen the Cowboy backs used much at all in this game so far. Okay. Um, I don't think Tulsa is going to let Tylen Wallace do to them what he's done the past two weeks. I think they're going to put a little bit more focus on him. Um, I think – I think we're going to finally see Jelani Woods. I'm good with offensively that. used with three to four catches, maybe a couple, maybe five or six targets and, and a TD. I do. I think I think that Tulsa's that that's what's going to be there. They're going to look at what Tulsa's going to give them. They're going to try and load up to make sure Chuba doesn't run down their throat. Um, they're going to try and cover Tylen so that he can't just beat them all day. I think that Jelani is going to finally get his game. We're going to finally see the Jelani Woods we've all been super excited about and see him used offensively in this game. Yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm, I've, I've been really curious because Sean Gleason loves using those two tight end sets and using the Cowboy backs effectively. I'm curious how they how he implements them this week because as Mike Gundy talked about in his press conferences, they really just haven't been able to get them in the game plan just because of how the defenses have been aligned the last two weeks. If that is open, I think that's going to be a huge part of the offense. And I, I'm fine. I want to see Logan Carter and Jelani Woods get in on the action because uh, I, I do think the teams are really going to start doubling Wallace and not just bracketing him with the safety over the top. Like they're gonna they're gonna legitimately start double teaming him, and which then opens up other receivers as well. So I think the passing game, if if Tulsa does what we're talking about, then we're going to see a lot more guys get involved that uh, haven't been maybe as involved in the last couple of weeks. Okay, now, unis. So the fun part, we're over two. It's, yeah. it's time to go one for three. It's time to go one for three here. What you got? I think hmm, we've done all white. We've done black, gray, gray. Obviously, you're going to have a white jersey. They haven't really done any orange yet, you know, um, which is, is, is kind of surprising. And I, and I don't think they do this week either. I think it's a black, white, black game. Okay. I think it's a black, white, black, black game. Um, I think you're going to get uh, um, kind of that chrome orange brand mm-hmm. on the helmet. Um, I'm not even going to guess face mask because we started doing all that stuff like it's never going to get right. So I'm, I'm going to go black, white, black. I think this is a black, white, black game. I do. So I'm going to go – I'm thinking white, white, orange. I think I think we see a little bit of orange this week. And okay. the helmet, okay. I, I want to see the Patriot Pete. G- give me the Patriot Pete. Uh, I want to see that with that. I think it was that stripe that we saw on the uh, the brain helmets we wore uh, during the Oregon State game. That kind of orange mm-hmm. and black stripe. Mm-hmm. Give mm-hmm. me that white, white, orange. I don't think I've, we've it's seen, a good look. And I don't think we've seen white, white, orange at all. If I'm not mistaken, um, I'd have to look man, back. I, I, I would. I kind of wanted to save that for for Texas. I kind of want. Uh, I kind of hope they save that for Texas. Um, I wouldn't mind that. that either. Would be, that would be because Texas does the uh, the orange, orange, white. And uh, if you did uh, 
did white white orange to counter them that would be a uh that'd be a real cool look so uh so that's why i'm gonna go i think man it just they they've gone so you open with all white you go black gray gray this just feels like one of those seasons where they're just kind of they're really breaking what they would normally do i would normally agree with you on something like a white white orange maybe i'm off but the, the trend this year seems very different than usual um so that's why I feel like this might be a – this feels like a black-white-black black game. It's just – I don't know what it is, but it kind of does. If they do that black helmet with the chrome brand and the chrome face mask, I feel like this would be that would be a bad game to waste it on, but I wouldn't hate seeing it either. I'm, I'm, I would rather them just do black face mask, black helmet, um, orange chrome, the orange chrome brand, and just keep it simple. Um, white jersey, black pants, and just – and that be the look. Like if you want to do just – Chrome face mask is fine, but I just keep it simple. Black, white, black. I think it's I think it's a good look. I think it's a really strong look. Sure. Um, and I think it'll I think it'll pop against the. I mean, God knows what Tulsa's going to wear. They got blue and red, and I don't know. All right, Phil. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Uh, go Pokes. Good enough with me. Go Pokes. Beat Tulsa, and we will talk to you all uh, after the game. It's either Saturday night or Sunday. Uh, And we will have up a reaction podcast and we will talk to you all later.